Welcome to the Specialty Pharmacy Podcast, your prescription for specialty pharmacy success. Hello and welcome to the CSI Specialty Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Andy Madigan and today we're joined by Richard Williams who will be discussing some of the healthcare trends post-coronavirus. Richard joins us again. He's a Senior Vice President of Pharmaceutical Innovation and Insights for CSI, a second-generation pharmacist with over three decades of experience in the pharmacy and pharmaceutical industry. Welcome back, Richard. Thank you, Andy. I'm happy to be here. As the country debates when and how to reopen, I'd ask you, how is COVID-19 going to impact healthcare in the future? Healthcare has been front and center for all of us during the last six weeks. Uh, and I think we should just stop and say, give a shout out to our healthcare providers, our health systems, the doctors, nurses, and pharmacists that are out there every day in a, an environment that they ever, never imagined. Um, but as we speak, the debate between keeping people safe and healthy is being balanced with the need to restart the economy and allow people to get back to work. Unfortunately, Andy, this delicate balance is becoming political, and the third rail is becoming very, very ugly as we look to reboot the country. At the highest level, the macro impact is that how we obtain health care has changed. We see, well, or we are seeing major health systems furlough employees and lay off many workers. Most healthcare systems survive with a three to four percent margin. And of course, with the shutdown, these major employers in most of the cities where the hospitals and the large integrated delivery systems are the, are the major employer in these markets, um, most healthcare systems survive with a three to four percent margin. And of course, with the shutdown, these major employers and internationally recognized organizations are under significant strains, even with the government assistance that has been uh, recorded recently. In March, the median occupancy rate for the major hospitals was only 53%. And it's also speculated that 20% of physicians will close their offices after the coronavirus. So I think when you look at the really broad healthcare system in the United States, we're going to experience amazing changes um, in the coming weeks and months once we get back to some so some form of normal uh, activity, but the coronavirus is going to leave a very lasting effect on not only how care is delivered, but how we access care as patients. Well, Richard, that's not a very optimistic outlook at all. Uh, are there any positives that you've noticed or, or, or trends that you're watching? Andy, for every action, there's a reaction. And one of the biggest is the explosion of telehealth. Uh, I, I was recently talking to somebody in North Carolina with a large healthcare system and they were sharing with me that they had been debating how best to embrace telehealth. They've been discussing this for almost a year. As a result of coronavirus, they were able to stand up a telehealth system with five days or in five days, which is really pretty amazing when you think about it. Another Midwestern system uh, was having about 50 patient interactions virtually each day. 
debt volume quickly moved to more than a thousand patient interactions per day. And they had to really expand their physicians and nurses and other, uh, technology to meet the, the demand that occurred. And so I do think one of the legacies of the coronavirus, one of the positives is going to be this growth in telehealth. One area that not many people are talking about is telepharmacy. Telepharmacy has slowly been explored by a number of companies. Of course, the large PBMs and mail order operations have had a lot of experience reaching out to patients to provide counseling and answer questions for new prescriptions. Telepharmacy has emerged from as part of the medication therapy management services for Medicare members. We also see telepharmacy being embraced in more rural areas that can't support a full-time pharmacist or pharmacy. I believe we will see this explode in the near future. Think about this, Andy. Envision a pharmacist virtually interacting with a patient 100 miles away, either through FaceTime or Zoom or some other type of virtual uh, face-to-face interaction. Watching how the patient administers an injectable medication or utilizes an inhaler. These pharmacists are going to be able to not only observe the patient, but they're also going to be able to kind of look behind the scenes, behind the patient to, to identify social determinants of health and understand how this patient really is living and how they are dealing with their disease state. To me, that is going to be a major transformative event within how pharmaceuticals are delivered, and there's going to be significant value to pharmaceutical companies once they understand their patients in a more complete way. Now, Richard, I know you closely follow the pharmaceutical industry. How are companies reacting to COVID-19? Andy, the industry is focused really on three areas, and and I would say the entire industry has totally pivoted to (laughs) focusing on finding a solution to corona, the coronavirus. First is treatment. How do, how do we find solutions to slow down the mortality of this disease? You've heard hydroxychloroquine may be one of the best-known drugs uh, that no one has ever heard of prior to this. Gilead has a product called remdesivir, and there's an entire class of drugs called the IL interleukin-6 group that appear the most exciting products right now. But that really focuses on treatment of patients that are acutely ill today. The the next area is therapeutics, and and you're starting to hear about antibody testing and some of the other type of blood type of products that might might evolve in the next near term. And those are going to be be helpful to prevent patients from ever getting sick from the disease. But the big, by far the biggest and the most important advance that we will see is along vaccines. And there are really two parts of the vaccine story. One is, will the vaccine be safe and effective? And secondly is, how will you scale and deliver those vaccines throughout the world? Uh, because we will need hundreds of millions of doses. Uh, currently being explored, there, there are vaccines that you can take as a pill orally. There are vaccines that uh, could potentially be administered uh, transdermally with a small patch or like a Band-Aid. And there are vaccines being uh, created from tobacco plants. So we're seeing a lot of investigation in the vaccine world. There's currently six clinical trials that have started. Andy, there are about 70 vaccines that are being evaluated and uh 
determining what the next steps are of whether they should try to move those into human testing, et cetera. Uh, how else do you think pharmaceutical companies are going to react after the country gets back on its feet? The pandemic is going to really completely change how the pharmaceutical industry functions in the future. Hopefully, they will become completely patient and provider-focused as they reset their business models. Certainly, they will have to revisit how the healthcare system operates and completely rework how patients will access care and obtain prescriptions. We're, we're beginning to see this with the March sales trends. As physicians see fewer patients, there are less new prescriptions being written. New patient starts are down significantly and are suppressed by therapeutic areas. For example, uh, when you think about oncology and fertility medications, those are products that people were already taking and they're going to continue taking them and we're seeing patients continue to complete their courses of treatments. Other products prescribed by dermatologists are down significantly. Cardiovascular and GI procedures are down and therefore less prescribing uh, or less prescriptions being written by cardiologists and gastroenterologists. Primary care is interesting as we see chronic medication refill rates are down. This may become very problematic in the future as patients are non-inherent, they're not getting their medicine, and their diseases flare up and cause them long-term problems going forward. One caution I would share with your audience, Andy, is these results need to be viewed on a weekly trend basis. The results are being masked by pharmaceutical companies' recent earnings reports that showed patients, wholesalers, hospitals, pharmacies stockpiling medications in late February and early March, which is artificially inflating the actual product use in Q1 that's being reported in the earnings calls. That is not sustainable as we enter Q2, and there's estimates that 65 to 70% of the products that are typically utilized uh, in the United States are not being refilled uh, during Q2. So I think the brunt and the impact to the pharmaceutical industry will be felt in Q2, and we may not see it as much in Q1. Andy, I also think there are four key themes of the industry that the industry needs to, to think about and evaluate. Uh, the first one is talent. Medical science liaisons, outcome liaisons, account managers become more important than ever before. High-performing sales professionals will command a premium salary because they will be so valuable and with their ability to access key prescribers. At the same time, your average sales reps will struggle and may be eliminated. So we may see some contraction from a field sales organization. The second area is going to be the supply chain. How, when, where products are in the distribution channel will be a key differentiator for some companies. With greater than 85% of the active pharmaceutical ingredients coming from China, group purchasing organizations, hospitals, and supply channels will focus much more on where a product is and I think less on cost. In the past, those organizations have done a great job of squeezing out every nickel and dime with a product. That's not as important when you can't get the product, and I think there will be a major shift to understanding the supply chain and understanding where products come from and how available they are in the future. The third and fourth area are patient and provider engagement. Assessing thought leaders is going to be really dramatically different in the future. 
I don't see us going back to giant conferences with hundreds and thousands of attendees. In the last two weeks, I've attended two industry-leading conferences on my computer sitting at my home, yeah. I for Pharma and AMCP. Both were outstanding. Creating studios and engaging presentations will become the new norm as we travel less and spend more time online interacting. I think that the, the last one is, is just drilling down to understanding patient engagement. Every company has followed patient journeys, and I think all of that is probably going to be outdated post-coronavirus because the way patients access care is going to change dramatically and completely. And so every company with every molecule is going to have to go back and rechart exactly how patients are going to access their medicine and how they're going to receive it. And we, we see one area that's interesting to me is that of specialty pharmacy. It looks like the early data through the end of March would suggest that specialty pharmaceuticals, which now comprise about 48% of the total U.S. healthcare expenditure on drugs, specialty pharmaceuticals are not as impacted by uh, the coronavirus as small molecules and generics and other drugs are. I think that's because of much more high touch, high care, and especially pharmaceuticals and especially pharmacies uh, seem to be a little bit immune to what's happening in the overall marketplace. Sure, a lot going on there. You know, so much has changed in such a short period of time. Is, is there anything else you think that looms on the horizon that our audience should really be watching out for? Andy, I mentioned at the beginning that politics are now starting to cloud the discussion. Just wait. Don't forget yeah. We have a presidential election coming up in November. So much attention has been on the healthcare delivery system and much attention will be on healthcare as we move forward through the election process. There will be a lot of evaluation of what we have done well, what we didn't do well and how we should be preparing for the future. So I would just strongly strap on the seatbelt, if you will. Because the next several months are going to be crazy. Sure. Hey, Richard, before we go, if somebody has questions or wants to get in touch with you, how would they do that? You know, the best way to get in touch with me, Andy, is via LinkedIn. uh, Or you can reach me at Richard at CSIgroup.net. Great. Great. Well, thanks again for joining us, Richard. And I look forward to having again another opportunity to talk very soon. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to CSI's Specialty Pharmacy Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, I encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast delivery platform. I also encourage you to visit our website, csigroup.net, and you can download your free copy of the 2019 State of Specialty Pharmacy Report. Soon you'll be able to sign up to get a copy of the 2020 report. That's almost finished. You can also keep up with us on social media by following CSI Specialty Group on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. CSI Specialty Group is a subsidiary of group purchasing organization Entelair. CSI expands Entelair's suite of solutions to healthcare providers, health systems, pharmacies, and pharmaceutical partners. Entelair is owned by Intermountain Healthcare, a leading healthcare system based in Salt Lake City, Utah, CSI supports our parent organization's vision of providing tailored, smart solutions to help deliver superior services at an affordable cost. You've been listening to the CSI Specialty Pharmacy Podcast, and until next time, good day.
Thanks for listening to the Specialty Pharmacy Podcast. If there's anything we mentioned in today's show you missed, don't worry. We take the show notes for you at csigroup.net slash podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, please consider pressing the subscribe button on our podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or a review on iTunes yet, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our specialty pharmacy peers. The Specialty Pharmacy Podcast is a production of CSI Specialty Group, your go-to firm for all things specialty pharmacy. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.